This is the day the Lord has made. Amen. Thank you all for coming out today. And uh, like Kristen said, we've got so many that are traveling. I miss the Johnsons. I know they're in England, but I'll be glad when they get back. And several are traveling. But I got a message that is going to change quite a bit um, over the next couple weeks. And this is kind of an intro to the series. And it's called Stepping Into a New Season. And uh, whether you realize it or not, we talk a lot about seasons. And you may not think that you do, but you actually do. Uh, we've got uh, football season. We've got uh, basketball seasons going on right now. Hockey seasons delayed. We're, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we've got seasons. Whenever you actually even talk about the weather, believe it or not, you're talking about a season. Right? Hey, is it hot out there? Or, hey, is uh, we how y'all enjoy the snow? These are all seasonal conversations, and we're also in the time right now where you get cards that say "Seasons Greetings." Okay, we don't usually talk about that during the year. I've never gotten a Fourth of July seasonal card. You know, hope this Fourth of July season is your best ever, or the Valentine season. But we talk a lot about seasons, especially this time of the year. And if you start thinking about it, it also is our way of preparing for the next year. We're already starting to possibly do some resolutions. Uh, Ashley and I have kind of a challenge thing going on that we're starting in January. And she had a donut this morning already, so I think I'm one point already up. And we haven't even started the year. But, we're, you know, you start thinking of these resolutions that you're going to start doing. And you start thinking about what you'd like this next year to be like. And we really do start thinking about seasons. Some of you may be longing for a new season in your life, yeah. saying it's about time for some change, Lord. Hear my prayers. Yeah. And some of you are wishing that the season you're in right now would never end. You know, I remember even when uh, our kids are in a certain season, you, you think, I, I don't want this time to end. Because all of a sudden, the kids who were scared of the dark now want to stay out in the dark all night long. And I don't know what happened between those two, those two seasons. But sometimes you just cherish those seasons together. <clears throat> we're going to also look at what one of the wise men that ever lived spoke about seasons. And he talked about it in Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 and verses 11. Most of you all know Ecclesiastes 3, 1. It says, to everything there is a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. For everything. It doesn't say for some of the things you're going to go through, there's a season. For everything, there's a season. In verse 11, it says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. I want you to look around at the people. I want you to look around the people in the room today because we're about to step into a new season. We're about to walk into a new season. You say, Pastor, I don't feel like I'm walking a new season. Are we talking about January 1st? No, we're going to be walking into a new season. In fact, I want you to just look at somebody and say, I've stepped into a new season. Just say it to somebody right now. I've stepped into a new season. Sometimes you've got to declare some things before the inside of your, your innards start actually connecting. Have you ever realized that once you start declaring something, it's a little easier to start believing it? Right? That's why I look in the mirror and say, you are skinny. You're good looking. See, you got to speak those things out so that you can start believing them. Because if not, I'm like, mm-mm. 
You will have hair in 2013, Mark. I declare it. It's already happened. See? I just spoke it. I already feel better, okay? <laughs> We've, we're walking into a new season. Now, I want you to know that God created four seasons. Even if you look at the background, you'll see that there are four seasons in the PowerPoint slide. But God created four seasons. <clears throat> what we learned as we got educated is that you have the earth and you have the sun. And they used to think that the sun orbited the earth. And then we realized that we actually orbit the sun. And as that orbit, as we are farther away from the sun, we have our colder seasons. And as we are closer to the sun, we have our warmer seasons. I also think that as Christians, our lives should orbit around the Son of God. Some of us still think that God orbits around us. But God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there are some times when our lives are a little closer in orbit to God. And man, we're just feeling everything is great. Man, our prayers are being answered. We say, car, be removed from that number one parking space. And they just get up and leave. You know, give everything is just coming. Favor. You're getting encouragement. Things are great at work. Things are great in your family. Your finances are blessed. My sermons seem shorter. Everything is going really, really well. Well, and then there's some of those seasons when we feel like we're in orbit and we're like a little bit farther away from God. The nights are a little bit longer. But remember that God created seasons and he works all things together for our good. And we're going to take a look at that. You see, throughout our life, we're going to be entering and exiting many seasons. Right. Whether you like it or not, you're going to be entering and exiting many seasons. And these seasons that I'm talking about are not defined by a calendar. They're not defined by a clock or a date or a countdown. There have been some seasons that I wish I could have had a countdown. Say, God, when is this going to end? You know, five, four, three, two. Whew, I'm glad that season's over. But sometimes seasons come to us, and the seasons that I'm talking about is when God gives you a fresh word for your life. When, when you've stepped into that new season, when God has spoken something into you, and he's brought hope into your life, and it may just be that bare hope, but you're going to start speaking and declaring it, and you find that scripture, and you're standing on it, you have just started a new spiritual season. Whether it's January 1st, or February 13th, whatever day it is, God's spiritual seasons can start through a fresh word. I want you to know that there's always a purpose for that season. There's always a reason for that season. And there's always a, a purpose for the process of that season. There are some seasons in my life that I wish I would have never gone through. Maybe there's been a time or you're in a time where you're saying, God, I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through right now. But I will tell you one thing. I've learned some things from those seasons. I have learned some things during those seasons that I would have never encountered if I had not had to go through it. And just because you're going through some situations right now, maybe this is a difficult season, that doesn't mean that God is finished with you. There's a process in this season. Philippians 1.6 reminds me, it says, Being confident of this very thing, 
that he who has began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. See, there's sometimes that scripture you have to stand on and say, God, I know that you started this and I know you will finish it. And it doesn't even seem like I can see the end in sight. I don't even know how this is going to finish, but I know that you are faithful and that you never change. And those are the promises that we have to stand on, especially on those long nights when we feel like we're away from God. I want us to take a quick look into one of my favorite disciples, and it's Peter. And we're going to look at the seasons in his life. And if you're taking notes, I've got three, three points today for you. Number one, stepping into a new season brings new changes. Stepping into a new season is going to bring some new changes. I want to tell you that change is inevitable. Life is constantly changing. If you haven't realized it, your life has changed quite a bit just in the last 10 years. Think about it. In the last 10 years, your life has changed. Your body has changed. What you see and encounter has changed. Our society is changing. It seems like the older you get, the faster society changes. You see, I mean, you could go out and you have to have the latest fashion trend, and by the time you walk out of the mall, it's already changed. That's why I just forget about it. I stick with my standard. Let them rotate them around me for a little while. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But remember, we serve a God of seasons. And even in his creation, God created the seasons. And each one, each season is different. Remember what we read in Ecclesiastics? So we have a season of life. We see the springtime when all the things start blooming and blossoming and the flowers. And if you go to the Arboretum, it's just a beautiful place to be during that time. But then we also have the fall and winter, which is a season when things die off. If we didn't have the fall and winter, then would we have a springtime? Because the trees would already be full of last year's leaves. As you see, there's seasons with God. And we have to understand God's seasons. See, sometimes we demand God to line up with our schedule and our rules and our regulations, our expectations. But in reality, God has set forth the seasons. And the more that we understand those seasons, especially in our life, especially in our, our spiritual growth, we'll see and understand. Maybe we'll see things differently. God loves to give us revelation and truth. Amen. And it propels us to new levels, new seasons within Him. Yes. Why does God give us new revelations and truth? I think it's because we are all creatures of habit. Think about it. Whenever you travel to a town, do you normally still stay in the same hotel you stayed in in the past? And do you always go to the same restaurants that you always attend, right? Some of us don't like change at all. See, if not, we'll be complacent in staying where we are. And God always wants us to continue to grow. Here's an analogy. As many of y'all know, I grew up in Florida. I loved summertime as a kid. I mean, swimming. We're in Florida. We had Disney World in our backyard. We had all the things that made summertime just a great time. And if it were up to me, 
I would have not wanted to go back to school in the fall. But fortunately, I had some, some parents that knew better than me. Sometimes God knows a little bit more than we do, okay? But God put some parents in my life and says, Mark, you need to go back to school. And fortunately, I followed their rules. Because if not, you would have a 50-year-old, illiterate, bubblegum-chewing, skateboarding, yo-yo champion right now who wouldn't be able to even read the notes. That would have been my way, you see? I would have just skateboarded and had fun and everything. And no, I had to learn through those seasons of school to make me who I am today. And I'm still becoming what God wants me to be. And it's the same with you. There are times that God is going to change the season in your life because we just get complacent in who we are, where we are, and what we're doing. And all of a sudden, the winds start to change direction. We're like, oh, I don't know if I like that. I'm really comfortable with the nice summer breeze. I don't want the, the northerly breeze. Or it might be vice versa. We're looking at Peter. And we're looking at how Jesus called him to follow him. And if you have your Bibles, we'll be looking at Matthew 4, verses 18 through 20. And this is what the Word of God says. Now as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, and his, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets, and they followed him. Now this is a very simple passage. Very straightforward. But what we have to look at is that one day Peter's just this ordinary fisherman. He's just an average guy. And all of a sudden Jesus speaks a word to him. And all of a sudden Peter goes from being a nobody to somebody. Now I'm not just talking about his vocation. I'm talking about the change that's going to be taking place into his life. You see, he's being transformed into something. So if we look at what's happening here, Jesus comes into Peter's life and says, I'm going to make you into something. And isn't that what Jesus wants to do in our lives? Make right. us into something. Right. It's more than just the change. You see, if you look at the Greek word for that make in that scripture that's being used, it means to spring forth. And what that's telling me is that inside all of us, God has something that he's wanting to do inside of us, and it's time for it to spring forth. He's willing to spring forth this in us. But we have to understand the seasons that we're in. Your miracle is about to spring forth. It's about to sprout forth. You say, oh, Pastor Mark, in, in the natural, we're in the wintertime. This is not a time of, of growth. See, aren't you glad that our God is not defined by our seasons? That he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ever, could ever ask or think? And it's when he wants to spring forth that into our lives? My second point is that stepping into a new season brings new challenges. Yep. Peter was faced not only with many changes, but also with many challenges. Peter's the one, if you remember, is the only one who stepped out of the boat on that stormy night because he saw Jesus coming to him. Man, how euphoric would that be? That you've walked on water. That you did something. Isn't that something that you would blog if you were Peter at that time? Just, hey, by the way, I want everybody to know, walked on water today. It was way cool. Okay? You know, I mean, that's got to be a bragging point. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. His feelings were challenged also. 
Here, Jesus and Peter are talking, and Peter's like, you are the Son of God. You are awesome. I just, I just love you. You should be on a Wheaties box or something. You are just so cool. And within that same conversation, he's also getting rebuked by Jesus. Because all of a sudden, he starts giving Jesus some of his plans that he thinks that doesn't line up with the word of God. And Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan. And I think that Jesus even turned his back. And all of a sudden, he's like, whoa, what happened here? Man, we're having this little love fest. I said something I shouldn't have, and now I've offended him. That will challenge your emotions when all of a sudden something that you thought was going so beautifully and you're like, I'm going to give you a little advice. Okay, Jesus, let's skip the cross thing. Let's go for political power here. And all of a sudden he's like, talk to the hand and walks away. And you're like, wow. Also, Peter's traditions were being challenged when he was taken by Jesus into Samaria the Jews hated Samaritans. Prejudice was brought forth. You see, I think all of us still carry a form of prejudice inside our hearts. And all of a sudden, he had, to, he had to look at something that he thought didn't even exist when he went into the town of Samaria. I think Peter's humility was challenged when the Son of God, the Alpha and the Omega, the lie in the tribe of Judah, the morning star, the great I am, bowed at Peter's feet and started washing his feet as a servant. I think that would challenge us to realize the greatness of somebody coming in and doing such a humble procedure as washing our feet. But there was also a season with Peter that was a season of failure. And we all know that as when Christ was taken by the soldiers to be crucified, Peter actually denied Christ three times before the morning. And then he went off and he wept bitterly because he knew that he had failed God. His best friend, somebody, he said, I'll be with you till the death, and then ran away. I want you to know that there are going to be times in our lives when we feel like we're following Jesus from a distance. It's interesting that as Peter was going through that night when Jesus was being processed to be crucified, he was still following, but he was following at a distance. He knew what was happening. He was hanging out by the fire, kind of hearing what was happening. He didn't just go and get on a boat and travel somewhere else. He was following at a distance. I want you to know that if you've been going through a time in your life when things feel really dry, you get into the Word and it's just not a rhema word. Your prayer time starts to get really more just an effort and you feel like it's just something that you're doing because you feel like you need to do it and there's no refreshment coming from it. And then all of a sudden the enemy starts coming in and telling you, wow, look at all the bad decisions you're making and God's not happy with you right now and this is, this is a really long night for you and why don't you just give everything up? Why don't you just curse God and die? Almost like what Job's wife was telling him to do. 
But I want you to know that, see, you have to understand that God's grace and mercy is greater than any situation that we're going through. No matter what you are going through, God's grace and mercy is greater. And he knows that you're following at a distance. And he's not judging you at that time. He's just allowing you to learn something while you're in that season. You see, you won't be who you are today without some of those dry seasons. It's sometimes the really, really cold of winter that makes me truly appreciate a beautiful, warm day. And in Texas, we get plenty of the warm days that sometimes make you appreciate the nice, cool winters. But what if we didn't have those seasons? What if every day was hot or every day was frigid? Would we have that appreciation? See, God is working through our seasons. And I wish that every season that you had was just a a mountaintop God experience where the birds chirping woke you up every morning and your breath was good from the moment you woke up in the morning (laughs) and that your hair was perfect when you went to bed at night. Wouldn't that just be wonderful? That everything would always be on sale. And that every time you went to the bank, they would give you bonuses just for showing up. In fact, school is just based upon what would you like to learn today and what grade do you think you deserve? Your employee review would be, tell me what you think we should be paying you. Now, wouldn't that just be a wonderful world? One day in heaven, we will have that beautiful scenario. Amen. But right now, we're learning some things that will make us appreciate that in heaven. Right. There is a purpose. Do you remember what we read in Ecclesiastic? That there is a purpose for everything. Come on. Amen. See, we love the purposes for the blessings. We love the purposes when everything's going good. But we really don't want to talk much about those dry times. When we're crying out to God and we just don't hear him. But he hears us. Amen. And it's important that we understand grace and mercy. Peter had a choice. And he could have completely turned his back and said, I've gone too far. I've, I've done too much. I'm too wicked. I personally de- de- declined or said that I didn't know him. Yeah. But Jesus wasn't finished with Peter. And there's a whole new chapter that's about to be written in Peter's life. In fact, what happens is after the crucifixion, Jesus is risen and comes back and he tells Peter and 119 others, go to Jerusalem and wait. Have you ever waited for 120 days for anything? Have you ever waited on God to do anything in your life that was more than a week, a month, a year? There's a word that's really going to be a key to this whole message series. And I'm about to give it to you right now. It's called expectancy. Expectancy. You see, here is why expectancy is so important. If you have been in a dry season, your expectancy is very low. If you've been in a mountaintop season, man, everything's been wonderful. It's been beautiful. It's just been God and me and man, we're just happier than, than you know, a bug in a rug. 
then your expectancy is high because you're experiencing so much of God and all of a sudden, what's 2013 going to be like? You see, if I ask you that question, what is 2013 going to be like, really gives me an indication of your expectancy based upon your previous experience. If you expect to have a great year because you've already encountered one, or are you just saying, I just want to get through it. I just, I just want to maintain. That's all I want. I just want my family to be safe. I want to have food on my table. It's because you have gone through a difficult season. I still believe that God works all things together for our good. But I want to encourage you in your expectancy to believe for more of God. You see, it's going to be in our expectancy, which is our faith, that we're going to receive the season that God has been speaking to me that we're about to walk into. And you can sit there like a bump on a pickle and say, that's not for me, and that'll be fine. But there's some of you that are going to say, I want that. I want that. I want that. I want that more than anything else. I want that. And if I have to go sit in a room and seek God and pray, I want that. And when that want to becomes greater than your complacency, you can walk into the season that we're about to walk into because God has given us a word. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Point number three is that stepping into a new season births new champions. Yep. Peter was transformed from a fisherman into a preaching machine. Yep. Literally. He had no background, and yet you read the incredible crowd responses that he had within three years. And it was the transformation of the upper room and the Holy Spirit in Peter's life. You see, he truly did go from a nobody to somebody. Everyone knew about Peter. We have cathedrals that are still named after him. We have churches. We have schools. Right? Would it have happened if Jesus wouldn't have came into his life and said, this is the cathedral of the great fisherman? Who? Oh, he was a fisherman. Oh, that's okay. But when we talk about St. Peter, all of a sudden people start realizing the change that took place in his life. God is calling us to be champions for him. I truly believe that Jesus Christ is returning soon. I truly believe that we are in the last days. I truly believe that if you read Revelation and you look at the headlines today, there is a correlation of what is happening between the two. I truly believe that every day there are millions of people that don't know Christ that are dying and going to an eternity without Him. Because we've been very busy. We have our schedules. We have our agendas. And I truly, truly, truly believe that God is creating in us champions in the Holy Spirit that we will live our lives reflecting Christ, that we will love people like we have never encountered love before. We're about to walk into a new season. God has treasures for you in store to bless you. The scripture that says we're going to lend and not borrow, that we will be the head and not the tail. Those are seasons that will come into our lives. Those that have felt like they have gone through life being forgotten will be remembered. Those who have gone through life with sickness are going to receive healing. Those who have been discouraged 
are going to receive encouragement. But I think the number one thing that's going to happen in this season, and don't mock me because this is what God has spoken to me, is that those of you who have been feeling lonely are going to feel loved. You say, Mark, how can we be lonely in today's, I mean, every, and I pretty much know every one of you. But loneliness comes in those long nights. Loneliness comes through rejection. Loneliness comes when we just feel like we don't have anybody that we can really go to in that midnight hour. And I believe that loneliness is in the body of Christ. And you're not hearing a lot of sermon topics on, today we're going to talk about the power of loneliness. But God told me to to proclaim that loneliness is going to be broken. But we have to go into this season with expectancy. And it's not about me doing this for you. Okay? It's about us walking into that season together. It's about you praying for me as I am praying for you. And as I'm encouraging you, you're encouraging me and we're encouraging others. This is how we walk into a season together. Or you can sit there and completely reject this season that we're about to walk into. I'm excited. I mean, rarely does God give you this and says, now do this, walk this way, and this is what you'll receive. If I ask you to meet me tomorrow, Bank of America will just give you whatever you'd like tomorrow at 10 a.m. How many of y'all would make time to be there at the bank at 10 a.m. tomorrow? How many of y'all would say, you know what, the price is right is on and I really love that show. Or I could go to the bank and get as much money as I'd like. Mr. Greg will be there. There will be a representation of the Heinzman family there. And when God is speaking about this season, how many of us are going to choose the thing of this world and say, I just don't want that? Or you might say, Mark, I'm not that lonely. But I did mention a few other things that were going to be happening in this season. We're stepping into a new season. We are stepping into a new season. And not because it's New Year's. Loneliness. I think some of you have had to praise God with tears flowing down because you felt like there's no one else to join you. Maybe some of you have had to lay hands upon yourself for healing because you felt like there was no one that would pray in agreement with you for healing in your body. Season's about to change we as a body of believers are going to become more compassionate, more loving, more involved, full of expectancy about what God is going to do every Sunday even when we show up, but more importantly, what He's going to do Monday in your school or your workplace or Sunday night in your home. That's expectancy of what God has. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. We're about to walk into a new season. Tell somebody, my season's here. Tell them right now. Just say that. Speak to somebody. My season is here. I have a fresh anointing. Say it. I have a fresh anointing. See, even speaking it is starting to bring forth that season. 
You know, I close every message with the opportunity for prayer to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because you may be thinking, Mark, I have no idea what you've just been talking about. But I am tired of trying to live my own life. I have felt the loneliness. I felt like I don't fit in. It has been a difficult year. It's been a difficult season. My whole life has been a difficult time. Maybe your whole life could be involved in one season of rejection and hurt and bitterness and envy and unforgiveness. But I want to give you an opportunity to put all of that into a box and lay it at the foot of the cross and say, Jesus Christ, would you please take this from my life? Because that's what Jesus did on the cross for you and for me. He came and lived a perfect life to become the ultimate sacrifice. And he died on a cross and he rose because he defeated the death and grave and sickness and disease. And because what Christ did on a cross, we can come and ask him into our heart as our Savior and our Lord. And spend eternity with him in heaven. But it all is a decision. It's all an expectancy. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I'd like to lead you in a very simple prayer. A very, very simple prayer. But if you pray this to God, don't just say it because everybody else is saying it, but if you truly say this to God, it will radically change your life. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave to give me life. Please forgive me. Change my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I now confess Jesus Christ as my Savior and I am saved. Amen. Are y'all ready for a new season? Are y'all ready for a new season? Are y'all ready for a new season? Are you ready for a season of breakthrough? Are you ready for a season of healing? Are you ready for a season where you feel loved and accepted? Are you ready for a season where relationships are repaired and not destroyed more and more and more? Are you ready for that season? See, God has you here for a special reason. Because we are going to walk into that season. But it's all based upon your expectancy of what you think and feel that God can do. As I said, I can't do this for you. But if you take hold of this, if you go home even today and say, God, I heard what Mark shared. Help me understand the potential of this season. Show me, Lord, the areas of my life that you want to do and heal and repair during this season. Write it down. Write it down. Say, God, this is what I'd love to see repaired in this season that Pastor Mark's talking about too. Because if you don't know what you want fixed, how will you know when it's fixed? And next week, we're going to talk about the power of expectancy. I'm going to show you a scripture where it says, in the past, it hasn't been time. And now it's time. You say, that's in the Bible? Yeah, I'm going to show it to you next week. And that's what God spoke to me. In the past, it hasn't been time. Now it's time. Right? Now it's time. 
Now it's time. It hasn't been the right season in the past. It hasn't been the right time, but now it's the right time. Are you ready? I'm ready. I just don't want to go through this season alone. But God will allow me to go through it alone. <laughs> Let's stand. I'd like to speak a blessing over you. This will be the last blessing I can speak over most of you in 2012. But I think God's got some great things planned for 2013. Some great things planned for 2013. According to God's word, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. So go in his peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Happy New Year's. We love you so much.